0: Are interest rates rising and will that mean that residential property in Australia real estate will start now falling? If that is the question in your mind, if that is the question that you're struggling with, if that is the question that's keeping you on the sidelines, that's keeping you up at night, well, maybe not up at night, but it's keeping you a little bit more worried about investing than otherwise, then that's exactly the question that I'll be answering. 13 observations to help you make up your own mind. So if that's what you want answered, you want to build your knowledge, then keep watching. Do you want to achieve wealth and passive income through property investing? PK Gupta, host of Oz Property Investment Mastery, will help you achieve passive income by buying top 5% growth and positive cash flow property and building a portfolio using data without you wasting months of time doing research, spending weekends at inspections, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents each time. So if you are confused and overwhelmed by the amount of contradictory information available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. This episode is going to be a little bit raw I do want to start off by saying that I do have a degree um, in 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 this stuff in economics, I have was a former investment banker and management consulting, advising you know large multinational companies on economic forecasts. But at the same time, I want to say I'm also just another person. Everyone has a right to their opinion. That's the definition of an opinion. So I can't say that I have a crystal ball, but it's an informed observation, or rather, I should say it's 13 informed observations about whether interest rates will rise and their impact on the property market. All right, let's go. So the first thing I want to say, observation number one, is that even if you're sold out, sold out on the theory that interest rates will rise significantly this year or next, it's not a bygone fact that property prices reduce when interest rates go up. I've done a video before that on this particular topic. And so you go check that out. You scroll through my YouTube, you'll find it, but there have been instances in the past in Australia, um, even in the last decade, at the start of the decade where interest rates rise, but property prices don't fall. You know, for example, 2011, 12, there was a lot of pressure on interest rates rising in the Australian economy and they did, but a lot of property markets were actually booming or starting their boom cycles at that time. So it's not a, a, a foregone conclusion, I should say, looking at history, that just because interest rates rise, that property prices go down. Now, I'll, I'll justify that, but that, that's observation number one. The second observation is you yourself can go to the Reserve Bank of Australia's website. They late last year did this fantastic thesis showing that even though mortgages were higher than previously in previous years gone by, debt is higher. Yes, they agreed that. What they demonstrated was that not only... Uh, people's affordability is higher. In other words, there is a record amount of people, households in Australia, where they are in advance, in advance of their mortgage payments by sometimes 18 months, that's a record, but also that households have so much cash on their balance sheet So that if interest rates go up or if they lose their job or whatever happens, that they can still hold their properties, you know, and the way that the RBA demonstrated this, the way that they evidenced this is by looking at the funds under management in offset accounts in savings accounts and liquid assets that the people can easily sell. Okay, so it's not just that, you know, interest rates go up and all of a sudden people have to fire sale their properties. There's another equation to it. Okay, there's affordability and there's also how much cash people have just sitting there idle, you know, as emergency buffer, which is at record levels. You can see that yourself, that thesis by the RBA late last year. Okay, so that's that's the second observation. The third observation I want to say is that even though inflation is rising, like that's that's a fact, it's rising, and wages are rising as well, they made this point that the growth rates in both these metrics look high, but they look high because they're starting off a lower base, okay? It's like a five point increase, I'm just making this up, five point increase on 10 is much lower um, than a five-point increase on five, you know, on a percentage basis, right? So this is what is masking some of the reality according to the RBA. So even though in, in absolute terms, yes, inflation, et cetera, is rising, but off a, a relative perspective, it, it's still, yeah, you know, it's kind of overinflated in terms of its consequence. The fourth observation that I want to share with you is employment. There's no doubt employment is increasing, I think in the last month or last quarter, there have been 600,000 new jobs created in Australia in all industries, if you go to the Australian Bureau of Statistics website. But the fact remains, okay, the fact remains that there is significant underemployment in the Australian economy. What does underemployment mean? This is people that are working at least one hour a week And so they're technically categorized as gainfully employed, but they're not gainfully employed. They're just employed. They have work, but they could be doing so much more work or maybe they're not utilizing their skill set enough. Okay, there is a trend that that underemployment is massively increasing. And the second thing I want to say about employment is that there are a lot of people right now not even looking for work, right? If you're not employed, and you're not looking for work, you're not actually classified as unemployed in the statistics. Let's say you're on a two-year maternity leave, or just to be a little bit flippant, you're just lazy. You know, a lot of government handouts lately, you're just not looking for work. All these people aren't actually in the unemployment statistics. If you look at Roy Morgan, which is the leading customer sentiment and survey agency in Australia, they report unemployment to be actually at around eight percent right now whereas the australian bureau of statistics official unemployment percent is four percent okay so what does this mean it means that the economy isn't actually as strong as what we are reported it to be unemployment in actual real terms isn't actually 4%, it's much higher. So this is something that obviously the RBA knows. They're not stupid, they're not silly, it's not that somehow I figured this out and no one else has. This is common knowledge amongst most economists, amongst most people who study these things on a daily basis, like like I do. And so the RBI has got this in the back of its mind. It doesn't want to prematurely increase interest rates only for unemployment to actually increase in real terms and you know for them to have um, jumped the gun. It's a it's a really important thing to consider. The fifth observation is that yes, inflation is rising, but On an underlying basis, inflation is still only 2.25% at the time of recording. What does that mean? The RBA's um, barrier of inflation or its guidance or its target is 2-3%. to It's still on the lower end of that variance right? The problem that the RBA is seeing though is that it's rising rapidly, but it's still on the lower end. It's not like inflation is out of control. I want you to understand that. We obviously and the RBA obviously wants to nip it in the bud before it gets beyond 3%. um, But it's a fact that it's still on the lower end. So we're not in a rush right now. That is observation number five. Observation number six is something that I think everyone should already know or if you don't this is a really important thing that you should digest and that is that majority of this inflation that is going on right now you know because of fuel costs you know how expensive fuel is these days unleaded diesel etc and material costs building material costs all this sort of stuff it's because of transient or non structural or temporary bottlenecks and supply chains due to mostly Omricon and and previous strains of the of the COVID virus. So what, what does that mean? It means that when people are out with a disease or they're isolating because of close contact rules internationally, or they're isolating because of government restrictions, the supply chains or you know, literally building goods and they're building machines or building consumer products, think of it like a conveyor belt. That conveyor belt has stopped because there's no workers to actually do the quality assurance to use a very typical example. And so we can't get that good. We can't get that, you know, we'll call it a Coke bottle for making this up right now from China. We can't get that imported into Australia because all the people involved with shipping, manufacturing, logistics, distribution are sick or isolating or, you know, I'm in lockdown. That is reducing supply. Therefore, Prices are increasing. We still want just as many Coke bottles. I don't drink drink Coke, by the way, but um, (laughs) you get the point, right? The demand is still the same. Supply bottlenecks have reduced supply. Therefore, prices have increased. Now, is this something that will go on forever? No. You know, we're hopefully learning to uh, live with the virus. We're we're seeing Omicron really going away. Now, no doubt, you know, there'll be future strains, but this thing's not going to go on forever. This type of structural bottleneck Will dissipate, will dissolve, and therefore there'll be more Coke <laughs> bottles coming into Australia. Demand will remain the same, prices will come down. So, what the RBA doesn't want to do is prematurely or overcompensate by increasing interest rates, and then only to find that in six months, a year, 18 months, you know, prices, CPI, or inflation comes down, and now they're stuck with an economy that they've let out the steam of they're stuck with an economy that's deflating they're stuck with an economy that is no longer growing because they have risen interest rates too soon too early too much okay do you understand that so you have to really isolate what's structural ongoing versus what's temporary because of supply chain bottlenecks and that's exactly what The Reserve Bank Governor has got his uh, team scrutinizing on a weekly basis and that's why they haven't made a move. Number 7. Will they increase the cash rate before Christmas now? Before they were saying 2024, now they're leaving themselves to increase it before Christmas this year. Some people are saying, worst case scenario, they're going to increase it by like four, five, six times this year. That's simply not going to happen. That's not what the economists and market and future curves are forecasting. In fact, there's an election coming, so they don't want to disrupt any political powers or um, balances of, of politics that never happens in Australia. So it will not happen before May It might happen before Christmas If it does it's probably going to be one or two rate rises at max is what the governor in the press club is literally said You know when he was asked can it right be risen the interest rates be risen four times He literally laughed at that. So of course he can change his mind but that's in In political terms and RBA terms, that's a pretty strong statement to say four rises are completely out of question. If it's going to rise, it might be one, but they need more data. There's not enough data right now for them to make a decision. There's not enough convincing data for the RBA to take a punt against the Australian economy and say, the Australian economy is not going to shrink if I increase interest rates to curve this transient inflation. Hopefully, hopefully you're with me, stick with me guys. Um, this is really important because you know, this is literally hundreds of thousands of your dollars on the line in your investment decisions. I, I just want to uh, not deflect, but, but just dissolve and dissipate and under- I want you to understand what you're fearful of, okay? All right, number eight, rents are rising so investors will be fine. Okay, and, and this is a very important point. In those areas around Australia where rents are rising, and those are the areas where good investors are buying, you know, not necessarily Sydney anymore, not necessarily Melbourne anymore, positive cash flow locations, there is very tight vacancy rate. Like, there's a social housing problem. It's really hard to find a tenant uh, to find a house if you're a tenant, right? Not enough rental properties. This is causing rates, um, rental rates to rise. What that means is that even if interest rates do go up this year next year, I can say that in all the best locations and all the best suburbs across Australia, rents are rising faster than the impact of interest rates rising. okay? Don't forget that. That's I look, I know that being a property expert, quote unquote, spooker, call it what you like, it's in my best interest to tell you that you shouldn't invest in property. But these are objective, real facts that I'm sharing that I've proven with data previously and then I'll continue to try to prove. Okay, so rents are rising everywhere across Australia, especially in secondary capital cities and regional areas. And just think what will happen in 6 months, 12 months, 18 months when immigration starts to come in. Immigrants don't buy a house straight away, they rent. Okay, and they're going to increase or have so, put so much more upward pressure on rents that it's going to make interest rate rises of 50 basis points, 100 basis points, 150 basis points, let's say over the next three years, really be quite insignificant in context. Number nine, look, the rates will increase, okay? Whether it's this year, next year, another year, we're at record lows. That, that is going to happen, right? That, that is definitely going to happen, but the science has always been, okay? of buying properties and isolating, finding markets within markets where it makes sense to buy. The science of property investing has never been to put a blindfold on, get a dart, and throw it at the dart board, okay? So what you're finding is where owner occupiers, okay, stick with me, where owner occupiers have overextended themselves, all right? where owner-occupiers have overextended themselves and really pushed their household finances to buy properties, those are the markets, many parts of, let's say, Sydney, Western Sydney, Melbourne, those are the markets that will see the most downward pressure. I'm not saying prices are necessarily gonna fall that much, but that's where there will be downward pressure when interest rates rise, because all of a sudden, their mortgage repayments increase, right? That is where you want to be steering clear of it's not in all areas of Australia. It's not in all of the areas of Australia that prices will soften. I can tell you, like I told you at the start of 2020, Brisbane will do 20% this year. Adelaide will do um, I'm thinking at least 15% this year. Perth will do at least 10, 15% this year. There are markets within markets, even within Brisbane, within within Perth, within Adelaide, within regional areas. It's just Sydney and Melbourne where people have overextended themselves, you know, in, in some suburbs, not everywhere. And that is where there's the most downward pressure, most vulnerability if interest rates go up too soon, too quickly. Okay, number 10, consumer confidence is actually low. Okay, so for the December month, consumer confidence was the lowest it had been since September 2020. September 2020, that's the first variant of um, the COVID virus. You know, everyone's freaking out. People aren't, aren't buying stuff. They're locked down at home. Can you imagine? Last month, it was just as bad in terms of consumer sentiment, okay? So what does that mean? What does that mean is that the RBA does not, its its role, the RBA's role is not to mitigate house prices, by the way. The RBA's role is to make sure the Australian economy is buoyant, is buoyant, okay? And if consumer sentiment, and by the way, the same story with business sentiment, both were low, if consumer sentiment and business sentiment are so low, do they really want to, you know, uh, you know, kind of rub salt in the wounds of business owners and consumers in Australia when they're already feeling so low? Okay, do they want to do that? You can ask yourself if you're on that boat. Are you less confident than you were in your spending decisions than you were six months ago? According to surveys, you must be. You know That's what the survey is suggesting. So sentiment is already coming low. And the RBA needs to be very careful before in- increasing interest rates that they don't completely squash that and create a recession. Okay, point number 11. We're almost done. <laughs> point number 11, observation number 11. The RBA does not want to rob Peter to pay Paul. What does that mean? It means it doesn't want to rob the economy in order to slow down the housing market. Like I said, it's not the role of the RBA. It's not the role of APRA, the Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority. It's not the role of any government secondary agency, or even it's not even the role of government, you could argue, but it probably is. But it's not the role of the RBA to slow down the housing market. It's not in their Brief, it's not in their mandate, it's not in APRA's mandate. You could argue it's in the government's mandate, but it's not in the RBA's mandate. Okay, so what does that mean? It does not want. To kill the Australian economy by increasing interest rates too fast, too soon, where everyone bunkers down, you know, and starts selling their houses, Australia's economy rests upon real estate. That's where the majority of everyone's wealth is, both institutionally and individually. Okay, so it does not want to rob Peter to pay Paul. It does not want to destroy the economy just to mitigate house price rises. That's not what the RBA does. Okay, and and that's really important to understand because sometimes we think that, oh yeah, the RBA wants to bring down house prices, interest rates. will rise. that's not how it works. And I just want to say that the government right now has so much debt, the faster and the higher interest rates go, the more debt the government needs to repay. In other words, the more interest that will capitalize and will need to be repaid by the government to the owners or government bonds. So... By RBA increasing interest rates, although it's not part of government, it's almost like the government shooting themselves in the foot. Now, no one wants that, and they're going to be, you know, it's like the government is the biggest homeowner right now, okay? They have the biggest debt. They don't want to shoot themselves in the foot. Observation number 12. It's becoming now even more important to invest wisely. You know, markets within markets, like I said, You know, like over the last year, last two years, even if you weren't that sophisticated, you would have still made money. Like even if you didn't follow the data, you wouldn't have made as much money, capital growth, passive income as you could have, but you certainly wouldn't have lost money. Now we're going into this period, maybe not this year, but maybe second half of 2022, definitely 2023, where, you know, the cream will rise to the top it's very important now to follow the data, it's very important now to be more clinical in your location asset selection. Now it's actually very exciting for people like me, for my clients, for for sophisticated property investors, because they can really do much more than the average Joe. You know, now they will really outperform by a long way, whereas a normal person may only make 10% capital growth this year. A really sophisticated investor can still achieve the 20, 30%, maybe even 40% capital growth in 2022. Um, You know now the best markets the best suburbs the best locations within suburbs will shine. It's not a case of Blanket rising tide lifts or ships definitely not Sydney, Melbourne. Okay places like um, Adelaide like Perth parts of regional Australia Parts of Queensland these are going to be the areas that are least affected I'll say that again least affected by interest rate rises because of affordability Okay, because of affordability. Places in Queensland, places in Perth, other places like I've mentioned, are so affordable that even if interest rates go up by 1.5%, 2%, owner-occupiers still don't need to sell. And we know this boom was led by owner-occupiers. So, okay, different narrative than Sydney and and parts of Melbourne. You have to start distinguishing, not seeing the Australian market as one property market, marketers within markets. Last observation, guys, and this is more of an empiric thing, okay? In five years' time, in five years' time, you will be ahead from a passive income, from a wealth, from a capital growth perspective, if you invest right now in the Australian property market if you choose the right suburbs, markets within markets, if you choose the right markets. Okay, as the old saying goes, and I didn't make it up, but the best time to buy property <laughs> was 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and the next best time is to buy today. Now, I, I know it kind of serves my purpose because I'm in the property industry, but I want to add another thing to that, that it only is the best time to buy today if you know where, and if you know how. If you don't, if you're taking a gamble, if you're listening to your friends or colleagues or um, family members to not invest or to invest or where to invest, then that is where the risk lies, okay? Get educated, get educated, get educated. I always say, try to do it yourself. There's, you know, my podcast, (laughs) there's my YouTube videos more than 250. There's my Facebook group with more than 12,000 people. Now, all these links will be in in the notes below. Try to get educated. And if you want to be joining our inner circle property investment accelerator and make sure that you're not affected by interest rates, make sure that you're mitigated, creating the right strategy and outperforming the average market over the next five, 10 years, education is the golden key. Okay, you don't need a buyer's agent, you can do it yourself, but education is the golden key. So those were the 13 observations. Hopefully, I've not tried to shove my thoughts down your throat, but rather just given you an objective understanding of various things at play so you can be more informed and make a better decision in order to secure your financial future. Remember, action beats inaction every day of the week if you're educated. If you want to build a passive income, sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing is not going to get you there. (laughs) But that's enough um, cajoling from me. Guys, um, this was a super long, episode i really thought it needed to be the most important real estate is the six inches between your two ears interest rates come and go these things are cyclical the urgency of creating wealth and passive income is here and now catch you later guys